Hello, this is Jeff. Just a quick note before this podcast that I recorded the main podcast yesterday morning before I got violently ill with food poisoning and then had to cancel yesterday's show. So I'm just saying that in case anybody hears this and think, oh, he's, he's well enough to um, to get a podcast out. I, I don't think you'd have you'd have said that if you'd have seen me on the M60. Um, I, no, I won't go into details. It's on my social media. But listen, do enjoy the podcast when I had uh, a bit of energy and felt a lot better than I do now. Hello and welcome to episode 198 of What Most People Think. And uh, i just got to say two words. Two words, Penny Morden. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? What an image. What a grip. What... <laughs> Fashion. Fashion has brought to us together across the political divide. You know, we have all the, so much that we struggle to agree on. And it does seem like a lot of the country were agreed that, that Penny Mordaunt looked great. And she, she held that sword like a motherfucker, didn't she? Just held it, held a sword. Maybe that's going to be a new metaphor. I mean, hey, he held the sword, man. You know, when someone just does a sturdy and dependable job in life. But um, look, this is what most people think. This is the podcast. Uh, that is radical enough to admit that I quite like the monarchy, you know, I quite like it, but also, you know, I'm concerned about people getting arrested for protesting and we'll see whether or not uh, any charges are brought for that. Uh, but we'll talk about all that later in the show. I'm um, talking about the coronation, of course, and local elections. And one thing I would say is if you're going to have a terrible night, if you're going to have a terrible night like the Tories did, make sure that you've got a uh, coronation coming up just to whack it off the front pages immediately. Whatever happened, do you know what I mean? There could have literally been a Tory councillor caught fiddling with himself in the toilets at the count, and it, nothing. It, it was always going to be moved aside uh, for the coronation of the new king. Obviously, we'll be talking about the local elections and the coronations more uh, later in the show. I'm in the middle of doing my work in progresses, uh, and uh, as I record this, I'm literally so. There's a, there's a bit in the show if you've been to any of the shows so far where I talk about my love of. Bleak places, really. Motorway service stations. A travel lodge at a service station. I've literally got a routine about that, and this is where I am right now. I'm lying on the bed in room 111 of the uh, travel lodge at junction 10 of the M60 between Blackburn and Burnley. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't get any better than this, but I'm happy because downstairs I've got everything I need. You know, there's a McDonald's, there's a Greg's, there's a Costa. You know, I just. It's it's like being in Vegas, really. There's there's even a casino. Well, what more could you ask for? Um, so yeah, if you hear, if you literally, you probably heard a bit of rustling. Then that is because I'm lying on the bed trying to get a, the best sound quality. Um, new patrons. This show is uh, weekly and ad free, and that is all funded by the patrons. Basically, it started during the lockdown. I used to go every two weeks. And then I went every week and the patrons have helped me keep it ad-free ever since. And that's why you won't yet have heard any adverts yet. It's weird, isn't it? Hear that sound? No adverts. And also, you won't suddenly hear me just randomly talking about what is clearly a product, right? I won't suddenly just go, I won't just say, you know, mention a product slap bang in the middle of a... Oh, by the way, slap bang could be the product, couldn't it? Slap bang. I'll tell you guys, I really wanted to get into Bitcoin trading. And slap bang is a new... Bitcoin trading app that puts you slap bang in the middle of the trading floors of New York. It would be like that, wouldn't it? Slap bang. It's so addictive. They'd even admit it, but that you'd still 
<laughs> it's still, I always think with Bitcoin that by the time that they're advertising it to fuckwits like me, I think that the real money's been made. I'm going to presume that uh, the gold rush is well and truly over uh, and, and people like me are just there to help prop up what has probably become a fucking Ponzi scheme. But uh, yeah, slap bang. Slapbang could also be a website. Um, new patrons. We've got three new patrons this week. If you want to join the Patreon, you just go to the Patreon website, search Jeff Norcott, uh, what mo- or what most people think, and it starts from three pounds, goes up to ten pounds, and then and that's a VIP uh, level membership. And then if you go to twenty pounds independently, you're then a board member level, and you get a special shout out. You would also get. Uh, I might send because because you're on the board. I might send you a coffee and some croissants because that's what I, in my mind that's what board members do. They, I just watch Succession. They always seem to have nice breakfast stuff, really. Uh, and and you would get a, a free copy, hardback copy of my book, Where Did I Go Right, which I will sign and send to you. I think I've got a couple I still to send send out. So if you have upgraded to board member recently, give me a little message. Obviously, you can message me through the Patreon website. Give me a kick up the arse. I'll get that sent out. Uh, one thing that every Patreon gets is first up, you can watch my last three comedy specials through the patreon website and you'll get a shout out where i basically insult your name and the first one i just don't know how to say your name um james mena james menag james menag nicky menag is that your name you got a big ass james got a big booty james menag i don't i don't am i being culturally insensitive here is that an irish name that has a weird combination of g's and h's that absolutely fry the minds of brits thank you for your support Jack Doherty, Jack Doherty, you've got to be a fucking private investigator, haven't you? Just stubbing a stubbing a cigarette out, you know, late at night, drinking a whiskey. Is there something about when you become a private investigator that you've got to drink whiskey? Is there is there some sort of like union fucking rules that you've got to drink whiskey? Same with cops who've got to drink coffee. What other, what other drinks do people have to drink? I'll tell you one thing that's weird. I've noticed um, in... In shows, I always find it weird when Americans drink wine. I don't know why that is. I don't know why would they not drink wine, but I don't think of them as a wine people. You see, I think of them as beer and whiskey people. I just, I don't. Is that is that a slur? Is that an? I'm going to say racist there, but American isn't a race, is it? Um, is that? Does anyone else feel like that? I just, I just don't feel like they. Because you see, a lot of these dramas, they come home from work and have a glass of wine and. I think, oh, look at you, Americans getting all sophisticated, <laughs> being all European. Um, we've got Jill Platts Watson. It's always nice when we get a lady patron. I'm not, look, not throwing shade, but I would say that the listenership of this is about 70% male and 30% female. The patron is about 95% male and 5% female. So, listen, ladies, you've got to get your round in sometimes, like Jill Platts Watson. This is why, if you want to moan about the gender pay gap, this is why men get paid more. It's because we just, we, we luff out more. We spend more. We pay for dinner. We pay for the patrons. What else do you want? Um, but it was always nice to welcome a lady. Jill Platts Watson. Jill Platts Watson. Did you go, oh, we haven't had one of these for a while. Did you go double-barreled? Was that you? Are you a crazy blue-haired feminist, Jill Platts Watson? Did you force your poor husband into taking part of your name? I mean, it's. I mean, we haven't had this chat for, for a while. That does seem to have calmed down the, the hyphenated names thing. I do think that we're running, there's a ticking time bomb of, you can only really pull that trick one generation. So it's kind of, it's kind of like, because you can't have a four name named because you'll end up every fucking surname will end up sounding like a solicitor's. Um, just a shout out to an artist who's contacted me, uh, James Kingman, 
who is a fan of the show and he is uh, he's working in the world of art but uh, apparently in the world of art you know being a little bit patriotic is even more radical than the world of comedy and James has, has produced a design of the Union Jack which is very progressive and forward looking you can go and check it out um, on his Instagram Domain Talking Point now one of our super patrons David Domain he uh, he is well. I mean, I'm I'm putting this show up early this week, so he hasn't had a chance to respond to last week's show. So, I've gone to uh, another James that contacted me, and he's going back a couple of episodes, three episodes, I think, talking to the D- Diane Abbott thing and, and Diane Abbott's belief that, well, I mean, she backtracked on it, but I think it's blatantly what she thinks is that Jewish people can't suffer from racism. Um, but and James says sends a very interesting email, and he says, but when it comes to what is racism, she's totally wrong. She being Diane. It doesn't matter what the anti-racist far left think counts as racism based on hundreds of new rules. Uh, what really matters, who's a, whose opinion really matters, is racists. Because if they think you're a different race and treat you accordingly, you're a victim of racism. I just, I've never heard that definition. That's true, isn't it? That if The racism is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> Sorry to bastardise a, a formerly pleasant phrase there. But uh, but yeah, is, is, is he on something there? Email me at what most people think uk at gmail.com you can email me about anything in the show okay we're gonna do a thank you and a fuck you first up is a belated thank you to return of the jedi a couple of weekends ago um like so many dads probably i took my son uh to see return of the jedi because the 40th anniversary edition was up uh back at the cinemas and it was it was incredible i mean you do sort of forget now that these films are cinematic, right? You're supposed to see them in cinemas. A lot of people now, they say, well, why would you get the cinema? My TV at home? No, your TV at home is not like a cinema. Even if you've got a cinema room, answer me this. Can one of your kids still walk in and go, Dad, it's not a cinema, is it? Okay. You might have great sound and great vision, but can you, in your home, you're always going to dick around with your phone, aren't you? A cinema, there's a discipline to it. And I noticed things in that film that I haven't seen before. It was, um, I mean, some of the dialogue, as, 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 uh, it must have been <laughs> it must have been hard to deliver I mean I, I still wonder when George Lucas ran it by Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill that they were brother and sister like because we all laugh at the fact that they sort of semi-copped hold of each other in the previous films Um, how must they have felt because they were the on-screen manifestation for that which is almost you know it's almost like a Pornhub category <laughs> Uh, the fuck you goes to um, the loud guy on a train, right? So I was on the train coming up to do this work in progress. As I say, I'm in the northwest. I took about four trains, end up feeling like fucking John Candy sitting there on my on my luggage. Um, there's a loud guy. Who's that speaking like that? Just so low. I think, how have you gone through life being that loud? Or or have you just not worked out how phones work? <laughs> <laughs> do you think that you need to compensate for the, all the miles that you are away from your wife? And he was calling, he was speaking to his wife and we'd already, we'd already gone through a tunnel and he'd lost signal. I thought, right, normally that's enough. And then you get the idiot. So sorry, I think we must have, yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely what happened. I think I can see why you, you speak loud, really. If the, the fact that a tunnel cuts you off, comes as a surprise. I'm guessing, I'm guessing you're not the most adjusted person. And then he called his wife and this time, he called her back on the iPhone and put her on the speaker, and you could hear her clattering around in the in the kitchen making dinner. And I just thought, what are you fucking doing? I mean, on the one hand, on the one hand, I thought, well, it's nice that you you want to speak to your wife at all times, and 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 it's not nice that I have to. I don't want to hear it. 
I don't want to hear it. The lack of self-awareness. Maybe it was his first ever time on the train. I just think that the war on phones has been lost, hasn't it? We had a debate for a while about, you know, people playing stuff out of their phones. But I think we're we're swimming against the tide, really, because a lot of parents are so fucking weak-willed. And it used to just be young people, and it's now clearly adults as well. But in terms of young people, I don't think parents parents are just like... A lot of parents are lazy, right? Thing with discipline with a kid, you've just got to repeat it. Go, no, 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 no. you just got to keep saying no until they realise no means no. And uh, I don't think a lot of parents do that. They just... They just go, go on then, but keep it turned down. All right, so your kid now thinks that that is okay behaviour. And they and, and, and I think the problem is, is that one of the reasons that parents let it go is that that's the kind of noise that they have at home. So they sort of subconsciously allow that level of noise to be created in public spaces and on public transport. I mean, have you ever been on a plane where there's like a woman and a husband and maybe two or three kids? And it seems like the woman is trying to recreate her front room. You know, she starts getting out blankets, toys. Here's your device. Here's your device. Here's some snacks. So she can't settle until she's essentially recreated her fucking front room on a Boeing 747. Okay, right, let's get into talking about the first of today's two big topics, which is the local election. So it was a shocking night for the Tories, right? First things first, let's just get that straight. Now, if they were predicting potentially a 1,000 seats lost, they that means that they didn't think that they would lose a 1,000 seats because I think Rishi had led a slight reco- recovery, but um, but this was definitely at the top end of their, of their shit scale. And, you know... There was one video of Rishi where he was um, he was going, yeah, we've made ground in Bassett Law. Um, but, <laughs> you know, just, I mean, clutching at straws, right? And, and there was another video of him uh, where he was delivering pastries and coffee. And I, I don't know who, who sets him up for these little videos. Um, it seems to come from page one of the management manual, manual, is that show you're willing to muck in. Um, but it just looked like delivering stuff would might be his next job. And that's not a racial thing, by the way. I just mean, just saying he might lose his fucking job. Um, I think, you know, given Rishi's connections, he might be okay if the Conservatives lose the next general election and he's out of a job. Um, but, you know, if you look at it in context, these were the first local elections after the year that we've had, right? The year of three prime ministers, the year of everyone being fucking skin. So it was always going to be pretty bad. It was always going to be pretty bad. And, and interestingly, it wasn't as bad as 1995. Um, do you remember that? Was, it was always, I find that increasingly weird, that period in 1995, where the main issue with the Tories was sleaze. The actual stewardship of the economy was pretty good. And we had Britpop happening as well, you know, Call Britannia, the Spice Girls. But everyone just everyone just had enough of the Tories. And that might be where the public have got to now. And it also wasn't as bad as 2013. Weirdly, it was interesting to find, wasn't it? Because Cameron was actually quite a popular prime minister, even during the austerity stuff. So, you know, but what can they do? This was a, this was a bad set of results, very bad. There's no way they could change leader. Um, not at this point, it would just look insane. You know, you could, I mean, Penny Morden with the coronation was a little bit of, a uh, little bit of, here's what you could have won. Eh? Look at that, Penny Morden. You could have, you could have had a go on, not had a go on, I've got to keep it, respect. you could have, you could have had a could have had Penny as your leader. Look, look at that! You went with it. You went with Madley's. Oh dear. Anyway, you've been a great contestant. I hope you've had a good day out. 
And now I know that there are some on the right that don't like Penny because they they don't think she's bright. A lot of people say that. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't think that's true. I, I think a lot of people worry that she's too woke, right? Certainly in terms of her stance on biological women. One thing I would say, she's a very good parliamentarian. I mean, if you look on Thursday, she just she just stands up and eviscerates the opposition opposition every fucking time. I think Keir Starmer would be quaking. They'd be quaking to get the kind of telling off that she administers. I think a lot of people would pay for that kind of telling off. Okay, look, I yes, I'm saying some things that are a bit dodgy, but f- women have been, you know, fucking crushing on male politicians for the last decade. It is something back the other way. Labour spin. The Labour spin was um, was odd because they sort of came out of the gate before all the results were in, right? And while the results are still coming in, they were like, we're definitely on course for a majority. And it's just, you know, when someone just is too hasty to say a thing, it makes you wonder whether or not, whether or not they're as confident in that fact as, as they'd like to um, make out, right? And, and certainly on a stats level, despite a national poll lead of around 15%, um, the sort of the lead over the, over the Tories was about 8%. So there, there are caveats to this. You know, there are local elections. Would the Lib Dems get 20% at a general election? Probably not. Probably not. Um, but, you know, they have in the past, I guess. I do, I, I do feel a bit sorry for the Lib Dems. The, the British public, generally, we just turn to them, don't we, in times of trouble. We just we just go back to them. We give it's like it's like they're the fuck buddies of British politics, aren't they? We just give them a little call, like, "Hey, Lib Dems, what are you doing? How are you? How are, hey you?" <laughs> and Lib Dems get all excited. Maybe this could become a full relationship, and then we ghost them, don't we? The British public ghost them again at the generals. They're like start texting, then they start going crazy with it. Look, I can, you can't keep treating me like this. Um, but also a lot of uh, I think there are a lot of stay at home Tory voters, right? As well. So and will people at the the generals vote for Reform UK when it you know if if they're very keen to keep a Labour MP out? I don't know. But Labour do remind me of uh, the Tories going into twenty ten, right? Because they it should by it should be a majority. It should be a Labour majority by by all accounts, but. You know, back then, Labour were coming off the back of Iraq, you know, and the expenses scandal, but the Tories couldn't land a knockout blow. I think David Cameron came up with his big society. <laughs> big society just sound like a, a sort of shit folk band, don't they? <laughs> we are big society, and yes, all of our instruments are recycled. Um but Tories couldn't land a lockout blow. Now, some people now, you know, the the attack ads guys, you know, the ones that cannot, just cannot credit that Keir Starmer would ever make a mistake because he's the grown-up in the room. Again, the grown-ups in the room about it. Fucking tedious pricks. But they, did the attack acts work? The I don't think they did because, like, all the evidence suggests that people didn't like them. And actually, it worked better when they switched their line of attack to reminding people that Rishi's out of touch. I mean, given the two options in front of you, do we remind the public that are much more skint than they used to be that Rishi, Rishi Sunak is a multi-millionaire married to a billionaire wife? Or do we call him a nonce? <laughs> it's a fucking insane decision. It was insane. Lib, you know, I mean, you, you know what I think was interesting in a way? Above all, you know, how the party's performed. And, and let's be clear, right? We're doing what most people think. I think what most people think is that Tories had a very bad night. Labour had a good night, but not well enough to suggest that they're definitely going to form a majority, in my view, right? But 
I think bigger than that was how few people in the real world gave a shit about these elections. This was before, you know, the coronation thing came into view. I mean, I'm on a, I mean, I'm not that it is a, an officially approved form of polling, but on my lads WhatsApp group, I'd say out of six lads, two strong Labour, one Labour Lib Dem, one Lib Dem Tory and two Tories, right? So we, we're almost in line with the British public and, and no one mentioned it. And the, the two Labour lads are very, very anti-Tory, right? You know, and we we have a good, healthy debate most of the time, and and they didn't fucking mention it. No one mentioned it. The turnout was down, and that's what happens, I think, when you suggest that you know you keep talking about the grown-ups being back in the room. The implication of that is that there's a style of politics that's returned, whereby there won't be really much difference in the way that the two parties govern. Okay, just a quick hype here is the tour. Obviously, I'm doing the work in progresses. I think the only one of these that there's any tickets left for is Wolverhampton slash Bilston. Uh, I bet the estate agents call it Wolverhampton. <laughs> you know they do, like, North Wolverhampton. I remember in uh, in South London where I lived, uh, Collier's Wood is one of the shitter ends of Merton. And so there was already Wimbledon. There's already South Wimbledon. And they tried to start calling Collier's Wood Southern Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> what a job being an estate agent is is it by the way is any estate agents listen to this like people that are the proper properly professional at it, rather than it being that job that they did between jobs that seems to be the estate agent thing email me what most people think uk at gmail.com you know change my mind Let, let's state uh, i hate going with the cliched humor that everybody goes with so let, let's form a positive argument for estate agents in this country uh, so the tour is, is September. I've been tweeting about it in this week is that we are, it's selling, you know, and, and I'm already getting people doing exactly what I predicted, which I didn't know you were coming to Bristol. Oh, you're going to put in another date. No, I'm not going to put in another date in the place that it already took me a couple of months to sell out. All right. You get organized. You put in your iCalendar reminders. So if you want to see the door, the tour, go. If you want to see the doors, Jim Morrison's dead. If you want to see the tour, though, go on Live Nation. Check the dates, find the one that's near you, and fucking book it. Don't come crying at me. Uh, the final draft of the book, the final draft of my book, The British Bloke Decoded, is in with the publisher now. And that is going to be released in September. But I am prevailing upon all of your good natures to pre-order it. You pre-order it. Everyone, I get I get to sleep better. You know what I mean? I don't have these weird metaphorical dreams where I'm just chasing like there's a piece of paper and I can't catch it. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the second subject, which is uh, talking about the coronation. First up, the food, right? So at the Queen's coronation, the official dish was coronation chicken. Now, it's stuck around, okay? It's endured, people quite like it, just a little bit of spicy chicken. The one for this year was, what was it, a fucking quiche and some broad beans, that is not, that's not fun food, man. That is, that seemed to me like the kind of food you have when you're recovering from a stomach bug. <laughs> Bit of tarragon, you know, settles the stomach, settles the stomach. People always think that people have their weird little things. I remember my mum and my sister always used to think that if they had a throat, a sore, a throat infection or would to, they would have, they would eat dry toast because they, they thought that the, the dry toast would scratch the infection off the back of... It just sounds like fucking punishment. I don't, Is that how viruses work? You can just scratch it off the back of your... Can you get in there, like, taking off old wallpaper paint? I don't I don't think it is. Um, now, you know, in terms of how I felt about the coronation, 
well, it's another one of these areas where just simply quite liking the Royals is enough to count me in as a radical in the comedy world. I am bootlicker and proud. Bootlicker for life, hashtag. Um, I know, you know, as I said in my last book, where did I go right? I know that they're not better than me and it is a life of fabulous privilege. But without a royal family, I think Britain lacks a cohesive brand. I just don't think that Japanese tourists are going to come over for the M&M store in Leicester Square, you know, I, I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's enough. And I just don't ever hear like a really good argument as to the alternative. You know, we go, well, we should have an uh, elected head of state. Well, we all know the likely candidates for being a president. And we spoke about those last week. And then in the last week, I've heard people go, well, why do we need a head of state? OK, yeah, let's be pretty, let's be pretty much the only country in the world without a head of state. What would happen is the prime minister would become the de facto head of state. You you want the head of state? Liz Truss could have been head of state. I'm not sure we want to pull at this thread. Some things are imperfect, so let's try and see the good in them. And I think you know, even on a basic level, the monarchy is about one pound fifty a year to taxpayers. I think that's worth it just to have something to moan about. If you are a Republican, let's be honest. The main one of the main things that one of the main reasons that you enjoy being a Republican is you like telling people about it, like being a vegan. So just think of the other side. You know, like those Brexiteers that, that spent years saying that they wanted Britain to leave the EU and then actually when we did, they were the most angry because the fight was over. You know, just consider that, Republicans. Do you really want to win this fight? You know, booing the national anthem is how you feel like a fucking maverick, right? Like a militant, like those Liverpool fans. What do they have to brush up against? Sometimes the status quo serves all. And then you get these people saying, not my king, not my king. This, I, I really get annoyed by this modern trend of people just saying, not my, not my king, not my prime minister, not my president. Look, you can be opposed to something, but he literally is your fucking king. He's your king, legally, right? Until you can agitate for it to change, and I'll defend your right to do that. But he is your king. He is your king. What, what a great king, eh? King Charles III. King Charles III. He, I mean, that's the first monarch we've had for a while that sounds like a pub elizabeth ii doesn't say the king charles the third does sound or it sounds like a haircut or a style of circumcision <laughs> um he you know and, and i thought he dealt well with the day it's a long old day for an old boy and of course you know the people that are against stuff they're waiting for that one moment where he's a bit grumpy and there was one where he sat in the gold carriage and they got delayed for something and he got a bit annoyed so and I really this this is my, one of my biggest issues with social media is people take literally a ten second clip going, this is what you're getting. This is how fascism starts. Everything is how fascism starts for these bricks, right? Um, but the king he, he dealt pretty well today. Camilla did a good job, you know. Uh, Princess Kate, she looked great. She looked incredible. It turns out I have a thing for women in ceremonial dress. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, Penny Morden. I mean. She stopped. Sorry, I keep going back to that. But she is, you know, women have have a phrase for the for their friend that is their most dependable friend, like their ride or die bitch. I think that we should replace that with sword lady. Who's who's your sword lady? When when the when the shit hits the fan, who's going to carry your sword? You need someone like Penny, right? And and I, she she worked out for it. She worked out. She worked on her guns. She got her arms strong. She did the prep. I'd like to see that training montage. Um. <laughs> How far can I push this? Look, we have a proud history of getting sexually distracted in this country on important days. Uh, I, I, I refer you to Pippa Middleton, 2010, the wedding of Wills and Kate. And what was the whole country going? Look at that. 
Everyone was looking at Pippa Middleton's backside. Men and women, everyone noticed. It's what we're like. We're a smutty little island. And um, the music, there was one, towards the end of the ceremony, there was this music. I'm, I'm sure someone was going to tell me. People have already told me what it was called. It was called, like, fucking Zoltan the Great. Zoltan the Great, wasn't that the... Wasn't that the name of the that machine in the Tom Hanks film, Big? Anyway, it's called Zolkar, the fucking ride of the glorious or something. But the music was so stirring. I was like, let's invade France. I mean, I don't want to be like jingoistic, but I, I was up. There is the issue of the arrests. We had an image of people from Republic who had their placards seized. Apparently, they'd been in dialogue with the Met Police about a protest, a peaceful protest, so they said. And the Met Police were seemed amenable to it. And then in the morning, there were images re- released of the Met Police seizing placards, right? So obviously I said that, you know, I, I am a monarchist, but I, I also believe that we have the right to protest and stuff. So I got I copped some flack from the people that normally agree with me. Sort of saying that, yes, but not today. And I kind of thought, I don't know, man. I don't know, in a liberal democracy, whether you you have you can change the rules say, well, yes, you can have that opinion, but not today. You know, this is, for me, is part of a general atmosphere of suppression of viewpoints. You know, and it, it, I can draw a line between this and Joanna Cherry being deplatformed from the stand. Once you start having all these conversations where people are like, I can't, I, we're not today, we can't have that opinion, it's too hurtful, it's too, it's too stressful. Now, if, if there is evidence that there were people uh, willing to, to do things which would have caused public harm, right, that's a separate issue. And, you know, we can patiently wait to see uh, what those are. But, you know, if people were tooled up and, you know, they were planning to kind of lock on to things as 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 has been suggested. But it does seem that certainly in some cases that the police overplayed their hand. Now, and I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago or last week is that I, I you know, there were royal protesters outside Buckingham Palace when I took my son past there the other day. We, uh, I made my feelings, I made my feelings known briefly, right? I don't agree with them. And it, if they had have disrupted that, I would have fucked me right off, right? And I would have criticised these protesters. And But I just I, I just worry. Like, my starting point is, I want to... Is that the police shouldn't do things that aren't legal, right? And uh, it's interesting, you know? That's always interesting in this world. When you're part of, you know, you're putting opinions out there. When you say something that the people that usually agree with you disagree with, it's uh, it's amazing, amazing how quickly you can find out, you know, who the, who really cares about free speech, who really cares? Because, you know, one thing that happened on the left was the moment that these guys got arrested, you had the usual left-wing commentators going, oh, I can't wait for the free speech brigade to speak out on this. And you're sort of thinking, yeah, we can't wait for you to give a shit about free speech at any other time. <laughs> you know, you can't just... The only time they've given a shit about free speech recently is, is Gary Lineker and, and, and anti-monarchy protesters. You're like, what? why have you got nothing to say about people being removed from deplatformed everywhere else and um you know i think that overall i think you know when it comes to coronation what most people think is that uh, i think it went better than people thought it would right post queen hard act to follow i mean we're talking fergie united prince charles is he going to be the david moyes is he going to be the david moyes well i think that the ceremony is just one of very few places left in the world that does that shit right and it's good it's good to watch People wear outfits. Look who's there. Look at her fucking hat. Look at Aunt Middleton. I don't know if you've seen the Aunt video of Aunt Middleton doing these weird smiles. I don't know. I don't know what he was up to. But um, but it's something to talk about, isn't it? Part of our, it's part of our culture. And what was interesting was that, you know, they the the crown or 
what is it? Clarence House? Is that it? I sort of sent out the message. It's going to be a stripped down coronation. It's going to be a very stripped down, pared back, stripped down. But the funny thing is, is no one remembers what the previous one was. There's no, there was less cameras. We don't fucking know, do we? What compared to what? It's not. It's not like a. It's not like a, a New Year's Eve fireworks display, is it? It's going to be very bad back from the thing that last happened seventy odd years ago, and um, I, I thought it, I thought it was good. I thought it was executed. You know, if we do one thing in this country, we execute moments like that um, very well. Uh, but maybe we should just stop short of executing protesters. Maybe. Um, and I think that I'm glad that this kind of thing still exists in our country because look, without it, what have we got? Especially in England. You know, a lot of other countries in the UK have got their own cultural things. We don't have much to cling on to. And if you if you, if you remove all this, what? Morris dancing. Come on, we need this. Okay, just uh, a quick couple of letters before we go. Um, you can email me what most people think UK at gmail.com. This is from Pricey, who's a patron and friend of the show. We were speaking a couple of weeks ago about the DNA ancestry thing. And Pricey says that through it, we discovered we had a half-sister. She was a result of our father getting her mother pregnant when he was engaged to her, but they eventually split up. We never knew about it, but our half-sister had been told by her mother. Me and my two brothers had met up with her. A few times, we all get on great. Um... Well, that's interesting. I mean, this is this is why I, I don't know why I'm worried about it. I don't. I guess I don't want a soap opera moment. I don't want some doof doofs in my life. You know, you get it back. Doof doof doof. Or you find out you're living next to. Yeah, I don't. I don't want that. Uh, and 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 Pricey also says, as a staunch English nationalist, I was also disappointed to see my DNA breakdown by country, and he screenshotted it, and he's mostly Welsh and Scottish. There you go. This is the thing. You're opening Pandora's box. Um, I might turn out to be mainly French. Um, this is from Bam. Now, I like these personal dilemmas. We don't get nearly enough of these, right? People's personal problems. Uh, he says, after a, w- a recent breakup, my ex-wife has moved away and used to be in all the different... Na- How many ex-wives have you got? It makes it sound like you're just going through them like a dose of salt. Uh, after wife seven, um, he says... Uh, my, my ex-wife has understandably left all the neighbourhood WhatsApp groups. Should I, should or must I now join all the neighbourhood WhatsApp groups as the sole representative of my house? Do I have to? Tell me what most people think. Um, yeah, I mean, come on, just this is the problem with blokes, is it? We leave a lot of this stuff to our wives, and then and then when they go, this is why. This is why men, you know, I used to have a routine on this, but when, you know, when I. In the instance, like when, when when a bloke is older and the woman dies first, the bloke he, he's often within a week he's eating dog food in the dark, isn't he? Because he doesn't know where anything is, trying to dry his clothes in the fucking microwave. Poor bastard. This is being manly is being across this shit. So yes, we're in a modern age. Just go, yeah. I just get in there. She won't expect that as well, Bam. And I, I'm just presuming this is an acrimonious divorce, and there's no evidence of that whatsoever. You know, instead of a revenge bod. You do you do a revenge neighborhood WhatsApp group. Okay, just before we go, you could, if you could leave a review on iTunes, it really helps with the algorithms and stuff, getting five-star reviews. And uh, it's sort of plateaued a bit recently. I've only had a couple in the last month. So if you enjoy the show, go on iTunes, leave a five-star review. If you leave it and they publish it, I will leave it out. Uh, this is from Sparrow Fields. Sparrow Fields, I don't know why it sounds like Sparrow Fields. Oh, my God, that just sounds like... Sounds like a really dodgy estate, doesn't it? In proper, like the last bit of East London that hasn't changed. The old Sparrowfields estate. Remember the old Sparrowfields estate? God, there was one or two faces round there. Jackie Vincent, he went down for a 10 stretch.
<laughs> I'd love that. If there's any uh, acting agents, I would love to play a, a really cliched Guy Ritchie type Cockney. Um, this is great show, Jeff. Keep it up. And there's just one other um, review. This is from QB210.3. So I'm guessing you're a bot. Um, let's see if we can do a bot voice. Uh, with all the content available, this is the one show that's worth making time for. A good take on the pulse of British politics without being lectured. Keep going, mate, and looking forward to the live shows. And yes, you'd have already realised that was basically the voice of Professor Stephen Hawkins. God bless him. I still miss him. Uh, enjoy your bank holiday Monday and the rest of this week, and I'll see you back the following week with another show. <laughs> Oh,